Hey everybody, welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Triple. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. It's all soul. Wednesdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on gtownradio.com. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing our Road to 100. Road to 100. And we're giving you a very special episode along the way. While this will only count as one stop along the Road to 100, we are actually doing a twofer. Ooh, a twofer. Tonight. As we review Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act and Sister Act 2. It's kind of like when you go to Five Guys and you say, you know, I'll have a burger. And then they'll say, oh, do you want two patties or one patty? And if you say one patty, they punk you and say one patty. And you look up and that's the junior burger. (laughs) They're like, oh, you're not a big boy. Like, you're not a big boy. So we'll get you the little kid burger and it's like how's the default two patties it feels like the default should be one patty and it's like no the default is two patties so henceforth i shall say that five guys does the sister act meal that doesn't even really sound like it equates because we're doing sister act yeah, but, but we're, we're doing not, both of them. But we didn't get punked into it or anything like that. No, 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 no. We didn't get punked into it. It's not the default in but any it's, way. It's the default when you do Sister Act. Apparently, the default is we talk about both of them at the same time. No. Mm. No. That's not, not the default? No. The default to talk about the two movies at the same time is when you do The Godfather, and then you have to talk about The Godfather 2. Oh. Not with Sister Act and Sister Act 2. I don't think so. No. But you know what? Let's turn to our guests who brought Sister Act and Sister Act 2 to the table. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the mean black girl herself, the reluctantly adult one, Charmel Scipio. Hey. hey, everyone. Hi. Thanks what's, for having me, guys. What's up, Charmel? Nothing much. You know, just you you asked me if i wanted to be on the show and the reason that we're actually doing two is because i only asked to do sister act two and len was like no 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 like if we do two then we have to do the first one which i would argue we actually don't really interesting yeah like they don't really build on each other outside of the fact like the only reason that they have a relationship that Dolores has a relationship with the nuns is because of the first episode of mm-hmm. the first movie. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, there's no you don't care about that. Like nothing in that movie is really even talked about outside of the fact that they have a relationship with her previously. Wow. Hmm. Like interesting. You think it stands alone? Personally, yeah. <laughs> it's it's you asked, Len, if there was a preference for one over the other, and I'm here to tell you that, yes, there is. Number two over number one every time. Interesting. Every time. Okay. Well, we will have to get we into that. We will have to, yes. That will have to be part of our discussion as we review Sister Act and Sister Act 2, ladies and gentlemen. But first, as always, we like to give a quick little um, review of all the feedback that we've gotten back from everybody via email at showmission at gmail.com or Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Going to our emails, we received two emails um, days apart from Aaron Fry. Hey, what's up, Aaron? Uh, He wrote us and said, does the film The World, The Flesh, and The Devil 
count as a black film, even though the only black person in the film is Harry Belafonte. The film is slow, has a corny ending, but is still watchable. Are you familiar with I'm this film? I'm not familiar with this film. Neither am I. Are you familiar with this film? Uh, no, it sounds like it was made before the 80s, so definitely not. Ah. So, um... <laughs> So, Aaron, I guess the answer is we're not sure. We're not sure. We'll have to check it out. Yeah. We'll have to check it out. Um, though Harry Belafonte being in the film doesn't necessarily you know, mean that it is a black film. That's right. It or anything like that. He also wrote us in, shouldn't the powers that be spin off Oscar-nominated Naomi Harris mm. into her own Money Penny series of movies and keep it in the same... Uh, MI6 007 universe. Daniel Craig is taking way too long to get his ish together. I would say yes. I know she's had a couple of comic series, or, or rather, this incarnation of Money Penny has had a comic series. So, really? Yeah. I, didn't even, I wasn't even aware of that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not a huge new Bond fan like that. Like, you remember when we talked about Moonlight? I didn't. Um, I'd forgotten that she was in it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but since Moonlight, I'm all Naomi Harris all the time. So, okay, I'm going to say yes. Naomi <laughs> Harris should have all the movies. Mm-hmm. What's hey, the you, Charmel? Yeah, I'm not a new Bond fan either. Um, I just, I just think we need a new Bond in general um, to make me want to be interested in that. But I'm here for all the black actresses doing all the things. So I'm basically in the you know Issa Rae camp. I'm here to vote for and root for all the black people so okay yes all right i got you well, well i you know i'll be great to see that it'll be fun for me but um i can take it or leave it to be perfectly honest going to facebook we asked people if they could tell us if there was you know we were talking about christmas songs last yes last yes week. yes and we were wondering about favorite black Christmas songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Monroe Jr. said his is Santa Claus is a Black Man by Akeem and Teddy Van. Yes. Which is an excellent Christmas song in, in his estimation. He also shouts out uh, Fat Daddy by Paul Fat Daddy. Fat Daddy's a good one. Um, and Cherie DeBrest. Yes. Cousin uh, Cherie. Shouts out uh, Stevie Wonder's Someday at Christmas. I actually don't like Stevie Wonder's Christmas album. I think it's sad. His I, I don't the know. entire album is very sad. To that's me. the one that's got a uh, the drummer boy. Yeah, little. little drummer boy and someday at Christmas. Someday at Christmas is a really sad it song. It's somber. I don't. It, yeah, like, it's not sad. It's. Yeah. I mean, but also the world we live in is really sad. Like maybe it's the most real. Yeah, but I Christmas yeah, album I ever that on Christmas. Well, I mean, it was a different time when you put that out, too, man. You were doing some some stuff. You know what I realized a couple of years ago? Like, I had a little almost Christmas crisis. Mm -hmm. I realized that I was the other kids in a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, you mean like Franklin sitting on the other side of the table by himself? No, I mean every other kid in the special except for Linus and Charlie Brown. Like, I wanted all the the glitz and and, and the colors and the stuff. And the presents and and the candy canes and the eggnog, like all I, like you, you know, Linus and Charlie Brown sitting in the field and sitting in the empty theater talking about the true meaning of sure. Christmas. Lights, please. No, I yeah, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> nope. 
bring this raggedy ass tree in here? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> We want you nice were Lucy. Tree. You were expressly Lucy. Oh, I, I was, and I had to realize that I'm comfortable with that. It's a lane. It's a yeah. lane. Like I like American Christmas. Fair. I like stuff. Fair. And cookies, and candy canes, and the stuff. That's as American as it gets. Do you, you like goddamn an American Patriot. Christmas, Charmel? I'm poor, so not really. <laughs> like, you can't like it. Like I, like I like the idea of it because you know American Christmas is really just when I get to fully exercise my Amazon habit, yes. where it's like, oh, a gift for you, three things for me. Exactly. Like I like that idea of it. Um, but my kitchen doesn't need any more gadgets or anything like that. So this year, uh, I'm abstaining from Christmas. Like, I'm just not. Like, I'm just going to buy the things that I want for myself and mm. everyone else. Happy holidays. Really? I, so, so you're not going to, I mean, so you're not going to shop, for, like, for your parents or anything? No, I mean, they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> they're fine. They're like, fine. They're fine. They're fine. They got plenty of forks. They're good. You they're know, fine. Like, if you... The way my student loans are set up, no one's right, getting right, anything. Right. No one's getting anything. Yeah. Man. Gail Willis put a shout out for Backdoor Santa by Clarence Carter. Yeah, we talked about yeah. it. Yeah, you did talk about I that. I like Backdoor Santa. You Interesting. Okay. Won't be touching that one. Yeah. And, right. Uh, right. Backdoor Santa, touch it for you. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do you have a favorite Christmas song? Because you said you don't really. Like- I don't really like Christmas music. Um, because it's annoying. It's, it's I'm, really? I'm not. Well, I'm maybe not a person you- that's interested in like cheery kinds of things at all. Like no cheery things for you. No, like okay. if it's a group thing, I'd rather opt out. I'm gonna gonna go over here by myself and right, right. not. So like, there's a lot of stuff that's involved with this, right? Mm. So Christmas songs are always about being holly and jolly and all. Unless it's Stevie Wonder. Unless it's Stevie Wonder, right. Album long existential crisis about the state of the world. Exactly. Which all of his albums are about, but sometimes in better upbeat tempos. Dearth of spirituality. Exactly. For me, I'm just like, I don't, I don't want it. I, everyone's on like a, a 12 in those songs and mm-hmm. i generally operate at like a four like, really so it's just too much it's so there's not one christmas song that speaks there to is you? one What's that literally one? just one and it's joy to the world whitney houston written i mean you can't get more joyous than whitney it's, houston it, it's the one glory. song that takes everything like I, it takes I thought you everything were say from lonely me. christmas by prince no okay right. no it, it, it to your point, like it is, it is song. a very jolly song, yes. but it, it takes everything from me. So I'm just like, I you have, have nothing have one, else. I have nothing else left. I've got nothing else for you. Temptations get out my face, you know, like Donnie Hathaway away. Yeah, because I've given it all to Whitney. I've given it all to Whitney. Yeah, given it all to Whitney. Speaking of you, you had a Freudian slip there when you said I did, Whitley. I did. You actually, I don't know if you're aware of this events that our lovely Missipio here um, does a podcast where they review a different world. 
How did I not know this? I told you about it like a year ago, you but it took me a, it took me a while to like get, get around to actually like okay. doing it. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so to be fair, so like he did gonna, know. You gonna bring us on because um, we are different next season aficionados. Next season, all right, and it won't be season one. And I know that season one seemed to have like a sweet spot in your heart. No, I'm a no? season two. Dude. Season two. Oh, great. Even right, better. Right, Wonderful. Right. Yeah. But the podcast is called uh, Black and Syndicated. And essentially for season one, we kind of go through it's really if you just want to hear someone talk about how much they hate Denise, listen in because right, that's right, that's right, my right, role. Right, that right, is my right, role right. in the Denise. podcast about literally how much I hate Denise. The I character find, Denise. Yes, not not Lisa Bonet, because I find Lisa Bonet herself as a person to be wildly fascinating. Right? Oh, yeah. Wildly fascinating. Also, um, apparently she was running interference for the other actors. Right, On different right. worlds. So. so I'm just like, okay, like, this is fascinating. But season one of our show is basically my saying in a plethora of different ways of how much I just cannot stand Denise Huxtable. What, yeah. So what is it, if you had to put it in, in like a quick 30-second soundbite, what is it that you hate about Denise Huxtable? The thing that I that I hated about Denise is that they did not actually give her space to grow. Mm-hmm. Like, they, mm-hmm. they did not prove that she learned from past experiences. Which, if you're a college student, you learn from past experiences. Especially if those experiences are around money, yeah. If those experiences are around your grades, mm-hmm. if they're around romantic relationships, you inherently grow around those things as a person. Denise was never, ever, ever <laughs> taught to like learn from those things. Like she, literally every episode, she's being yelled at or reprimanded about one of those three areas. Right, and then she fails out of school, which realistic. You went and spent Claire and Heathcliff's good money like that? And you just failed out? What? Well, a lot of people do that, though. Disrespectful. I mean, to, well, to, disrespectful, true, but a lot of people, a lot of kids do that. That is realistic. Yeah. I never but... understood how she was their child. Like, I never understood how they raised someone like Denise. See, my argument is that you get that many children and you're bound Some, to get like a wild card in there. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. it's just like. And they were coasting after Sandra. She was like the step for child. Like, I'm actually right. explaining it to myself in real time. Yeah, because they they, they, they had like the coasting after child. Sandra. Mm-hmm. Then they have Denise. And then, and then Theo's like, breaking stuff a couple of years after she's here. But it's not even so much that Theo's breaking stuff. Theo, because him and Denise are so close in age. Mm-hmm. Theo, Theo comes right fast. Yeah. And then, you know, Cliff gets the son that he wants. Right. So then Theo becomes like the golden child. Mm-hmm. Right. And you they know. take their eye off the ball with Denise. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. there you go. Now, And now then everybody apparently hated Vanessa and everybody Rudy's the best. Vanette and Rudy's the best. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose, but that's that's interesting. So, black and syndicated, mm-hmm. um, first seasons reviewing, and it's because the show is not all about different world. It's just about different world right so, now. So, yeah. So, we are not sure how we're going to translate it yet for the next seasons. We are planning on talking about other like black sitcoms as they come. We just haven't decided. And who's we? Uh, my cousin uh, Latoya and I. We do the show. Um, and basically, it's her defending Denise and my arguing with her <laughs> about how much I hate her. Wow. Um, 
so it, it's actually a really good time because we use sort of the plot of the episode and then kind of weave in what's happening like IRL in 2017 like would that have happened for us in college like mm-hmm, right, is there right. is there an analog for you know 1986-1987 versus you know if you were in college now right. and then also just the social politics that kind of creep in not like it's it's not overt politics like it was like season two going forward Mm -hmm. the show is more insular the show is more sort of internal looking of each individual character versus in season two it's more like this is the outside world affecting you all as black people right and then also as students and then also students at an hbcu now let's see how that works and how it changes your dynamics it wasn't like that Basically, before Debbie Allen got there and gave it its touch of what we know it to be, it it felt like it was written by a lot of white people and a lot of men. Mm -hmm. And that is problematic as hell. And you will hear us rail against that basically in every episode. Yeah, yeah. Talk about um, an underrated and underappreciated creative force. Mm -hmm. Debbie Allen. Debbie Allen. With what she is, just her career. Um, and the name that she made for herself before the camera, and even bigger name behind the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she's that's a fierce, fierce woman. Appropriately enough, I just watched the episode of Good Times. She was on earlier today. Oh, really? Oh, really? She was JJ's girlfriend, who was also a heroine actor. That's right. I remember that episode. Wow. Yes. That's and true. that was before 1980. So I don't know if you've seen it. I that. caught it in syndication, JJ probably. JJ grabbed Thelma's purse. Instead of her purse. Yes, that's right. She needs her purse, JJ. Interesting. All right. <laughs> well, thank you, Charmel. Yeah. People can go and check out Black and Syndicated. It's available on Apple Podcasts. Yes, and Google Music or Google Play. And you can also go to our website at blackandsyndicated.com. Nice. Very good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's dig into... Sister Act and Sister Act Do. Lounge singer Dolores Van Cartier always wanted to be a star performer. Nothing you can say can tear me away from my God. But tonight, she's going to become a star witness. Hey, is there a problem? I've never seen anybody killed before. If you testify, I'm going to put you in the last place on or at the Vince would ever look for you. She's an ideal prospect for rehabilitation. Absolutely not. That is not a person you can hide. That is a conspicuous person designed to stick out. Look at me. I'm a penguin. I'd like to offer a great big hi there and hello to Sister Mary Clarence. This stuff is terrible. It tastes like... There are three vows every nun must accept. The vow of poverty, mm-hmm. the vow of obedience, mm-hmm. and the vow of chastity. I am out of here. Hey, sister, we expecting any more of your friends? This turns into a nuts bar. I'm out of here. There's got to be something around here that I can do that's not going to chip my nails or annoy anybody. You will join the choir. The choir? We're terrible. This is going to be hell. Tell me about it. We can rock this place. I love it. I love it. I love it. Forget the words. You're going to go straight to hell. We could cut a demo. You're a pioneer. She ain't no nun. You have come.
collected the entire choir. I was thinking more like Vegas, you know, get some butts in the seats. I'd rather sing than do anything. It's better than ice cream. It's better than springtime. It's better than sex. <laughs> no, I, I've heard. Sister Act. We're always going to be together. That's what Diana Ross said. <laughs> Sister Act, a 1992 American musical comedy film, reading straight here from Wikipedia, directed by Emil Ardolino and written by Joseph Howard, featuring musical arrangements by Mark Shaman. The film stars Whoopi Goldberg as a Reno lounge singer who has been put under protective custody in a San Francisco convent of poor Claris and has to pretend to be a nun when a mob boss puts her on his hit list. Also in this cast, we have Maggie Smith. I believe isn't she a dame? She, she's mm-hmm. not a dame. I don't know if she was Dame Maggie Smith. No, she is. Point. She's a dame now. But I'm she sure Sister Act was part of the application process. Most certainly, <laughs> it was at the top of the list. It is when she starred in Sister Act that she earned her. Uh, if you review my work <laughs> in the Sister Act films, also in the cast of Maggie Smith, Kathy Najemi, Wendy McKenna, Mary Wicks, Harvey Keitel. And the sorely missed Bill Nunn. This is one of the most financially successful comedies of the early 90s, grossing $231 million worldwide and has been rated number 83 in Bravo's list of the 100 funniest movies. And spawned a sequel in 1993, Sister Act 2, Back in Habit, virtually the entire... Dire gang brought brought over, uh, except Bill Nunn and Harvey Keitel. They are replaced with uh, Bernard Hughes mm-hmm. and a um, James James Coburn. James Coburn. Um, that too was a very, 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 very successful film, mm-hmm. um, and uh, is by many people. Considered the superior, the superiors of the Sister Act films, um, which were brought to this stop on the mission by Charmel Scipio. So, as yeah. always, we turn all things to our guests and ask you, what say you of Sister Act? I love the series. Like I, I do, I do like both movies, and essentially they remind me of my childhood. They remind me of my grandmother um, because she was the reason that we saw these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't see them in theaters, uh, but she bought the VHSs, and my sister and I wore those VHSs out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, put one in, you know, watch it all the way through. Put the second one in. Put the first one back in the VHS rewinder because I'm old enough to know that yeah. there were VHS rewinders right. and my grandmother was fancy enough to have one. Um, and like it, it kind of falls into a number of movies around that time. Like it also falls in with like Ghost Dad and like Beethoven. Like those were the movies that were like constantly a part of my childhood. And this was just one of them. Um, there was just something about Sister Act 2 that just spoke to me a little bit more than Sister Act 1 and I think it's because the audience in it was just a little bit younger mm, like right, right, the, right. The, the aim of it was just yeah. you know yeah I mean and also who the people kind of grew up to be like 
Lauren Hill, like the Lauren Hill, like basically one album that put her in like the Hall of Fame of R&B forever. Yeah. You know, like a part of like legendary Fuji's Lauren Hill. So, you know, we get her and then we get the guy that was in City High. City High. Mm-hmm. Tanya Blount. That had like, he had one song. Yeah. But Tanya, it's a great song. Tanya Blount is in it. Jennifer Love Hewitt is in it. Monica yeah. Calhoun. Monica Calhoun. Yep. Like, so many people that now you're just like, oh my God, like this is where they started. Or, right. you know, this is the movie that kind of everyone can recognize them mm-hmm. for, kind of. So I, I just love it. I love Sister Act 2 is is specifically my favorite, but I do like the series. We got to say, Vince, about this. Uh... I also really enjoy the Sister Act films. Like I realized today when I was, you know, watching it and kind of looking through Whoopi Goldberg's filmography, mm-hmm. these are my favorite Whoopi Goldberg performances. Really? These are my favorite Whoopi Goldberg performances. Over the color purple. I think you can make an argument that she is better in the color purple, but I think that these films highlight her talent mm-hmm. Okay, better than the color purple. Okay. I mean, obviously, The Color Purple is a better film mm-hmm. than these two films. But I think Whoopi Goldberg is one of these great talents. You know, these great talents that the older I get, the more I appreciate her. Mm-hmm. I think, you, you know, we've talked about this before. I'm fascinated by Whoopi Goldberg and Whoopi Goldberg at this moment in the late 80s, early 90s, mm-hmm. where she is aggressively non-racial right Mm -hmm. like like this is a film that i'm glad you actually brought to us because i think you know i'll just go ahead and speak for lynn i know lynn well enough that i don't think either one of us would call this a black film sure like i think you can take whoopi goldberg out of this slot and stick in like lily tomlin yeah i would argue in the first movie you can do that not the second one i mean she's a hip you, you know, she's a lounge singer. She's hip. Yeah. She, you know, does the hip talk with the kids. <laughs> you know, or Bette Midler. Bette Midler, I that's think, who would I, actually that's be who, yeah. my head. Fit. That's who yeah. I went like, to. You know, Bette Midler is, is, it's the exact same film. But, you know, um, Whoopi Goldberg made these very deliberate choices to follow mm-hmm. this very deliberate career path. And I appreciate it mm-hmm. the older I get. I think um, I actually think the first Sister Act is a better film than mm-hmm. Sister Act Two. I I understand why people have uh, um, have a lot of affection for Sister Act Two. I have a great Sister Act Two story for later in the episode too. Okay, let me know when it's time for the Sister Act for Vince's Sister Act story. Okay, Sister Act Two story. Got you, got you. I I agree with you. I actually think that uh, Sister Act is the superior film mm-hmm. just think, just just to finish my thought because i like the cast okay Sister Act yeah. One. I like, yeah i think I the like cast Kath- has more to do i like kathy najimi mm-hmm. i like um maggie smith i love what maggie smith i mm-hmm. like um and i just forgot her name the young nun wendy mckenna i love wendy mckenna yeah like i wish whoopi goldberg and wendy mckenna would have made more films together I could take I, I could take a leave Wendy McKenna at least based on what she's given to do here. I don't mind her as an actress, but I don't think she's given that much to do in right. this movie. Kathy Najemi, uh, yeah, 
She's critical to both of these yes, movies. Yes, you yeah. gotta have, you gotta have her. I I love Kathy. Like I could have, I would have loved for her and Whoopi to like just all of a sudden just do some nuns on the road movies. Nuns mm-hmm. on and, the road. and I would have and 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 at every stop, totally random, they just run into Mary Wicks as like Sister Mary Lazarus just sitting there just all curmudgeoned and you know <laughs> yeah. you know instilling discipline in somebody you know or drinking or sipping on a tequila or something like that I would I could live for that series yeah. of films I think that Sister Act is a tighter film yeah. a, a, a more a better more structured story however there is an uplifting um, feeling to uh, Sister Act 2 that I can see people going rah rah for it. Mm-hmm. Neither of the, but that being said, neither of the movies are wholly original. These are all no. stories that have been told before, you know. And they, 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 the first one rides on the the camaraderie of the cast, yeah, because that's what got it over. Mm-hmm. Um, the novelty of seeing like these older actresses, you know, getting their singing on and yeah. getting their little swivel on, singing to the <laughs> Lord, you know. <laughs> Nothing can take from my God. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so cute. It's adorable. You can't it's help it. It's actually adorable. It really, it's hilarious. It, it really is. Yeah. You know. Um, and then you got Harvey Keitel just, just like just chewing the scenery as this as this mob dude who really seriously does look very intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know. As go, but one thing, the other thing I like about the first one. More so is because, to your point, the first one uh, shows Whoopi using her whole range of talents. Mm-hmm. Like, in the second one, she's the lounge singer in the beginning, but she's really the lounge singer for, like, the first five minutes. Yeah. And then, boom, she's back in the habit, and yep. she's Sister Mary Clarence. Right. But in, I mean, in Sister Act 2. But in Sister Act, in the first one... You know, she she is Dolores Von Cartier mm-hmm. for a good 20, 30 minutes of this film. And it's a wholly different character. Yeah. It's a character that is that is funny. It's a character that is slick. It's a character that is, as not usually seen in Whoopi Gold movies, sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, it's a it's a it's a character that is like paranoid, but it's still funny. Um and she you pulls all the stops out in this film. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of people keep up for Jumping Jack Flash. I think that's another film that mm. uses a lot of her talent. Uh, Jumping Jack Flash. And then what's the other movie where she impersonates the white guy? I can't the remember. Associate. The Associate. Right. I think she's not bad in that. I think that the story could have been better written. This being a tighter story um, and writing so much at on her at almost like the apex of her film 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 uh career here uh i think really takes a, a big advantage of it um and again a great cast and a great mm-hmm. cast i mean maggie smith the, the illustrious know, yes for, for people that only know her it's just like the old woman now she um, was old then too by the way she was, like, old, then. She was, old, then. She was a little old then but but she's been old forever but she's she's been old forever but she also has been 
freaking phenomenal that's true. forever. Yeah. You know, and and she can do this wasn't her first time doing comedy. Mm-mm. She she knows her way around around a funny quip. She knows she knows how to play the straight woman. Mm-hmm. Right. I was about saying the timing. Yeah. Her timing yeah. is impeccable. Timing is, yeah. Yeah. Mary Wicks, who I who I mentioned, has been a star since she was a child mm-hmm. back right. in the thirties and forties. So she is time honored in in her in her, in her craft. Uh, and Kathy and Jimmy, this is the movie that really brought her out. Yeah, this is the movie it's, that put her on the map. So this isn't her first film. Kathy Najemi. Yeah, because I thought this was her first film. I don't know if this is. I don't not necessarily sure if this is her first film, but, but this is but the I, film that put her right, on the map. Obviously, the one that we all talk about. Yeah, it exploded her on the yeah. map, man. And um, it real it, it it really is just so, just such a. It's a fun film. Yeah, it's right. just really, really. Yeah. I found myself just sitting there, just having a ball with this movie. And there's enough texture to it mm-hmm. that it doesn't become kind of. Cloying, cloying, right, right. That's because, a, yeah. because you know, again, like you said, they they actually set it up. Like you can tell, they're really just trying to. Like you can tell when the film clicks, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, well, they were just trying to get her here in the habit as the choir director. But there's this whole preamble mm-hmm. that is kind of because you forget. They kill a dude, yeah. right? And sister, like I did completely guy. forget about that. Everyone <laughs> forgets that. completely forgot about we, that. You you kind of think about it. It's her and the habit, and this, but they shoot a guy in the head, right? Yeah. And then act like nothing happened. Ten seconds later, yeah. Oh yeah, bang, baby. Right, What's like up? like Harvey Keitel is a bit of a sociopath. Yes, yes, he is, and it's so good. It's so good. Everything about it, it's good. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. I like it. And the songs, the so- the songs are so so infectious. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're humming them for the rest of the rest of the day. Yeah. And you know, Whoopi Goldberg. I believe this is when she started singing because mm-hmm. she wasn't a singer, and right. you know, Whoopi Goldberg was Whoopi Goldberg already at this point. And she talked about you know getting comfortable singing mm-hmm. and being this but again i think she's just this phenomenal talent mm-hmm. that you know you almost take her for granted mm-hmm. if you're a certain age because either you saw her in real time or i thought you made a really good point she's just always on like her films are always on yep. she's always been a presence so that you know it's like she's an egot for a reason right you right. know yeah, and that's the thing. Like for people who are my age, like thirty, I'm thirty. So if you're like twenty eight or probably upwards of like thirty three or thirty four, like if you're in that time frame, like Whoopi Goldberg is a huge part of your childhood. Yeah, right. like you know what I mean? Because we get her, we get her in Ghost. Yep, right. You know, we get her in the Sister Act films, and then we get her in Lion King. Lion King was huge for us. That's right. You know, so if we get her for like a block of like, I don't know, six to eight years straight. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. There. Oh, and she was in the Cinderella movie. She's the mom. She's the prince's mom in the Cinderella movie with Brandy and Whitney Houston. Right. Oh, that's right. And she sings in that. So we. And if you're at a of a certain age, that was pretty uh, that was that a entire thing yeah. was a big deal, yeah. you know, and and I would argue that her being in Sister Act 
is what was able to kind of push her through for them to be like, oh, yeah, put her in the kids movie. Right. Because you already had all of these people that were, what, 92? Yeah, 92. So 92, I was six. 93, I was seven. Right. So she's like ushering everything along. Like by the time the Brandy movie came out, I think I was nine. Mm-hmm. So Lion King came out when I was eight. So that's four years right there where yeah. I'm being saturated with, with Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. Goldberg. Yeah. So in my mind, she she's always been there. She's always been this like, of course she's funny. Of course she's, you know. Warm. Right. Of course yeah. she can sing. Like we don't, the same with Lily Tomlin or Betty White. We don't know that she's a filthy, dirty old lady who has a trash mouth. Right. Right. Because Whoopi Goldberg got has that a trash yeah, mouth. That's right. Interesting. We have no idea. So now when we hear her saying crazy things on the view, we're all just like what? Cuts into pearls. Like Right. We're just no. like No. Mary Clarence. Oh, right. I love <laughs> Right. I love Don't Give a F old Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg on the view is is a delight. She's curmudgeonly oh, as all hell. Oh, oh, she ran out of F's years ago. Mm-hmm. And she's just old wearing comfortable shoes. She is. She is. And again, I, and I, moo-moos, basically. And like, I've been Pretty at EGOT. Like, how you been at EGOT? Right. So. Yeah. But you said Sister Act 2 mm-hmm. is your jam. Yeah. And So, Sister Act 2 is like a cult classic for people my age, right? right? We can't quote Sister Act 1. Like, some of us can. Like, my sister definitely can. I can't quote Sister Act 1. Sister Act 2, however, yes, start to finish. You tell me, you give me a line, I can tell you where it is, like, where what it's sandwiched between. Right. You right. know, like, there are certain movies that just resonate with us. And, and you're right, like, that story is not great. Like, it's, you know, the saccharine kind of, like, uplifting kind of thing. Like, right. But it's, it still kind of resonates for us for whatever reason. Like, it, it is that time where we're like we're talking about california like this is one of the movies that kind of sets down what california is for us in our minds with it being like los angeles because what's the other thing that we have at this time full house that's true as far as like san francisco is concerned like that's the only other thing that we have and then nwa so (laughs) this movie strangely fits right in between those two kind of ideas of both of those things you know where you kind of get your idea of california shaped especially if you're a kid from the east coast you know like my childhood is saturated with anything that was influenced especially in music from new york so i know everything about bad boy i don't know anything about west coast rappers right so, I, like, I, I don't know anything about it. So, for me, this was kind of a good way to kind of understand what it was like to be a kid out there, to, like, always have wonderful weather all the time. That's amazing. Um, but also, there's just something about this where, I don't know, like, it, it, it is just, it's something that I can't even talk about. Like, it, it just is. Like, it just is a movie that sticks out as, like, a top five in my mind as a childhood movie like arguably probably number two right behind the brandy cinderella really right yeah right is it is it because the the kids that are in this school that that make up the class that she is teaching um 
Is it because did they resonate with you? Did... No, it actually has nothing to do. It it's more of it's more of an experience as like a young black person, right? Okay. Like like that that sort of camaraderie that I can go up to anyone my age and talk about this movie. And the first response, especially if we're talking about a black woman, because predominantly that cast is black women. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a lot of black women. And, and then at a larger sort of point, it's women. Yes. Driving this cast forward. Yes. So if I go up to another black woman and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I really just want to watch Sister Act. The, the number one thing that's going to come back to me is, yes. Why? Because it is a quintessential movie that was just a part of your childhood. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's just something that you can kind of bond over, even with a stranger, you know? And it just, it has a lot of quippy moments. Like that timing that you all were talking about with the cast, they gel so well that some of these like quippy moments, like I wonder, were they written in or are they ad-libs? Right, right, right. Because some of the things that they say, it's just like, this is wonderful timing. Like just just real good timing. I I disagree a little bit. That's fair. Cause I thought that the kids were getting a little on my nerves. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't like. I didn't like the 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 one dude, Frankie. Frank K. Frank, Frank K. Was he a rapper? The white boy? You it, mean Macklemore? That was the ghost of Macklemore past. That was that was annoying to me. Yeah, that was real. That was that was that. that I had a problem with that. I really did. Um, yeah, that really stuck in my craw. Actually, um, oh, no. yeah, because not mean, your craw. All the way in there, dog. It was really nasty. It was disgusting. Because um, it was after some baked beans. So I then um, frosted flakes and rice krispies. No, that's a cleanser. So then we had, um, but then I mean, some of the some of the characters I liked. Like yeah. I liked the one kid that was working, and because he was working, sketch. sketch I like that. He, so he was sleeping in the class, but ultimately he was a kid that wanted to do well. Yeah, he was just burning the candles at both ends to do well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I and, and and I and I liked him. He was actually trying to be. He was respectful mm-hmm. to Sister Mary Clarence mm-hmm. from the door. You know. I didn't mind uh, Lauren Hill's character that she's playing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, um, I dug that. I liked the scenes of them, of the kids, when they when they showed them on the corner and that they were all like a tight knit group. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was a large group. I was like, I've never hung out with like twelve people all at one time. Sure, like, but but I did had to say, but. They were the music class and right. generally the artist, whatever the artistic class is, like your music or your or your 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 theater class, you usually do hang out together. Mm-hmm. Right. So that rang true, tra- rang true to me. Um, but some of the, I guess. Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. 
Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top 5s like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco, Vince? With your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. The reason why Sister Act 2, while I did enjoy it, the parts that I enjoyed about it were the singing. Yeah. When there is good singing in a movie, I know it because I feel it. I mm-hmm. feel flushed in my cheeks. I felt flushed. Like, like Jennifer Hudson makes my makes my face feel flushed in mm-hmm. Dreamgirls. Um, I was feel flushed in, in some moments in um, actually even in The Bodyguard. You know, okay. there's some right, right. some Whitney Houston stuff, and there the singing in this made me feel that, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm 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 feeling this. You know, young boy, he starts singing and he he comes out of his shell and he <laughs> yeah. hits the high note and Mary like where yeah. that where the hell like I was I was there with him I was yeah. there so I like that. The rest of the movie with the with the kids felt like warmed over to serve with love. Mm. And that was that I could have just done. I mean, the movie is essentially two parts, right? It's the singing, and then the nuns and everyone trying to save the school, right? Like, we're not. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not fooling myself by saying like, oh yeah, the parts with all the kids are the best part. They're not. Like the best parts, the most memorable parts as far as like dialogue are concerned are all about the adults. I know. And, and I miss that. And I the miss the nuns. The kids are actually for kids. Right. Like I yes. think, I think, you know, I think sister act two is that like you said, like is a film that from the very beginning, they made this with this younger mm-hmm. audience in mind. True. Because the, 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 the bad guys are no longer criminals. Right. Thus, right. you know, something to be feared and a whole right. lot of gunplay. Right. It's, you know, it's just corporate machinations. Yeah. So, you know, I think even when it came out, frankly, we were too old for it. Like, we were too old for it to really... Sister pull. Act 2. Sister Act mm-hmm. 2. Even yeah. with, you know, what's that? 93. 93? Yeah, I mean, you know. We were too old. We were too old. Without going into it, right. we were too old. That's okay, guys. No, <laughs> I wasn't. Right, I, I, right. Nope, I wasn't. I couldn't drive. So, <laughs> but that being said, I, I do want to put one thing to to the test that okay. you said. Mm-mm-mm. All right, Sandra says you can't, can't tell any. You can't me. tell me anything about sex. And uh, Sister Mary Patrick Patrick says uh, you don't have to bite the donut to know that it's sweet. Yes, she does. And then she says, just try. And then she's like, plus we have the Bible right here. I actually quoted that when I live tweeted the movie when I was watching. (laughs) So. Well. Yeah. Yeah. 
And prior to that, uh, they were Sister Mary Clarence walked past uh, Father Thomas's class where he was droning on in Latin about the different parts of speech for calling. I don't know what the word in Latin was, <laughs> but it, he was all I call, you call, we call, am calling. That's what he was saying. And then after that, she finds uh, Father Ignatius in the hall because she got lost and he takes her to the music class. I know this movie front and back. Do you remember the back. directions to the music class? I don't. I don't. Oh! <laughs> I don't. He's like, it's down the hall and then it's like a right and then it's another left and a left. And he's like, I'm going to just take okay. you there. All right. Yeah. All right. I think she's bona fide. She's bona fide. <laughs> She knows the movie. I've seen this movie literally hundreds of times. Yeah. Wow. Back to like my sister was a back to back person. So we finish watching, we rewind, we watch it again. Watch it again. I also could probably do this with Matilda. (laughs) I don't know. Matilda spoke to her on a spiritual level. I don't know. Actually, like Matilda. Yeah. Me and my daughter spent our days in front of Matilda. So I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Um, your sister act two story, Vince. And thus I give you my sister act two story. <laughs> As I mentioned, we were actually too old when it came out. And part of this has to do with age. I was, you know, I'm not ashamed to say I was a bit of a Gen X stereotype. Mm-hmm. So mid nineties, I actually, you know, was working in a record store and, you know, I was Hilarious. a record store clerk and, and, you know, I oftentimes say like high fidelity, the film high fidelity is more documentary than not. <laughs> and his film is a movie. It was a um, record store worked there for two years. It was me and like four middle-aged white guys. And it was an independent store and it was, you, you know, the best job I've ever had in my entire life. That's amazing. Like, like it really was. And, you know, because it was an independent store, our whole thing was we knew about stuff. Mm-hmm. And because it was a small store, the collection had to be basically curated. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I said, it was, it was, I was the only black guy in the store. I was maybe 10, 15 years younger than everybody else in the store. And I learned more about rock and jazz and blues and classical music in those two years than ever. What I brought to the table is I knew hip hop. Mm-hmm. And because I knew hip hop, I knew 70s R&B and I knew like like jazz funk because that's mm-hmm. where all the samples and stuff came from. So, right. you know, we had to curate. So, for instance, I would say something like, you know, we have to keep a copy of the Boomerang soundtrack in because it has hot sex on a platter on it, mm-hmm. which is a Tribe Called Quest song, and it's not on any of the albums. Mm-hmm. So, that's the backdrop. Okay. Working there, nice middle-aged black woman comes in one day, says, you know, hey, I'm looking for the Sister Act 2 soundtrack. Because we are surly record store guys, like I can guarantee you I said something like, you see that sign over there that says soundtrack? <laughs> look under the S's. Terrible. And wow. she went and you go and you look and and she says, oh, you don't have it. And I would go and say, well, here it is right here. And she'd go, oh, well, this is Sister Act. I need Sister Act too." Right. And I was like, you need the soundtrack to the sequel to Sister Act. Yes, 
well, I guess we can special order it for you, but why would we have the soundtrack to Sister Act 2 just laying around? And then, you know, oh, well, never mind, and she left. Happened four or five times with everybody in the store, and then everybody's looking at me. Right. Because I'm the I'm supposed to know the black stuff. What's going on with Sister Act 2 soundtrack? What's going on with Sister Act 2 soundtrack? I have no idea what's going on with Sister Act 2 soundtrack. So, at the same time, I'm also a good son. So, you know, I have my little crappy apartment, but I'm in Baltimore. Parents are also in Baltimore. Periodically, I go to church with my mom. She likes me to go to church with her. And this, that, That's and that. nice. Yeah, and she goes to a nice, respectable Baptist church. And, you know, these churches, you know, they basically have theme Sundays. So, you know, it's communion Sunday. It's casual Sunday. And, you know, it's like once... Every four weeks, every six weeks, it's Youth Sunday. Okay. So, you know, it's like the junior deacons are there and the junior usher board take every, you know, take everyone. And they have the junior choir. And somehow I end up in church with my mother on kid day. Right. Lo and behold, the kids choir, and you're nodding your head because you know. Yeah. Does... The whole act from Sister Act 2 at mm-hmm. the end. I point up at him. I say, Sister Act 2. <laughs> come to find out, because this is the 90s, so there's no internet. Right. There's no so. Come to find out that all these kid choirs were doing that version. Yeah. And down to the choreography, yeah. down to the wrestling, and they were all looking for copies of the Sister Act 2 soundtrack. Wow. And for years afterwards, periodically, I would go to a church, and they'd have kids doing it. That's cool. And I solved the mystery <laughs> of the Sister Act 2 soundtrack. That's, that is a very good story. And that's... Is my sister act two story? Well, thank you for um, regaling. It makes sense. Yeah, it but makes it, sense. but you know, I think it's kind of relevant to what you're saying because again, because I was in my mid twenties, it the the sort of um, resonance mm-hmm. of this film completely flew under the radar mm-hmm. with me. Like like, there's no like, why would like, like again? Why do you need the soundtrack to the sequel? Right to Sister Act, but. At this exact moment, if you are coming at it from another perspective, this really left a mark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think it is kind of fascinating that we're talking about it. I mean, think about it. Like, it is the only movie that both super religious people and really secular people could agree on. Yeah. Right? Because it has that mix of. religiosity like it's there like they were overtly talking about god yeah Yeah. but it's mixed in with sampling of janet jackson yeah oh yeah like 90s janet jackson like yeah Yeah. like you know like yeah that's 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 raw 90s i mean they're they're bogling like when's the next like when's the last time you saw someone bogle in church right so you know like but somehow it works joyful joyful it it's it does best. work, and they they speak about that where how you know this film was geared to a younger audience, and how this this film 
because of that mashing of the two, um, proves a gateway for a lot of younger children into gospel music, mm-hmm. yeah. um, into appreciating the, um, the, the uh, gospel and um, its message and how its message can be translated yep. into into uh, a t- in terms in which they can feel it, yeah, and appreciate oh, yeah. it and, and love it and and, and honor it. Um, we also talked about a lot of the people that you know. This is one of those films where you're like, oh my god, I know him, I know mm-hmm. her. You know, you had uh, Erica Campbell. Who was one half of Mary Mary? I did oh. not know she was in this. Yes, she's in, okay. she in this film. Um, we spoke about Ryan Toby, who would go on to be a member of City High. Yes. Um, probably the, uh, the two most famous people Jennifer Love Hewitt, who will become. That was her. I was like, is that her? She's yeah. a little unrecognizable. Like, yeah. She's actually a kid. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. She's like real little. I yeah. think she probably blossomed in '94. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, she's real little in here. But I mean, I, I forgot like how many shows she actually has had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt. She was on Party of Five. Yep. This is just television shows. Party of Five. I know what you did last summer. Well, that was a movie. Ghost Whisper and uh, mm-hmm. Criminal Minds. Yep. I mean, like crazy. And then the one that everybody, you know, right. well, you know, Tanya Blount. And like Tanya we, Blount. we always forget Tanya. Tanya, Tanya Poor Blount. Tanya Blount sang with Lauren Hill, and everybody forgets her. And, and they did, and she, and but to her credit, because it's, it's crazy. Because when I was watching this, uh, my sister who was watching it along with me, she's like, I always thought that that girl could sing. You never really heard much from her right. afterwards. Right. But Tanya Blount actually, with her husband Michael Trotter, went on to form a band, War and Treaty, who actually does pretty pretty well. And okay. so it's like you know, like a little band, mm-hmm. um, and had a fairly successful musical theater career in uh what every man what every woman wants preacher's kid born to sing mm. uh so you know she didn't blow up right like right. you would have thought because like she, she had, a, had like an album i think yeah and she put out like yeah. a little solo album she didn't blow up like you would have thought because she definitely had the voice for sure especially for, for that time in oh, the yeah. 90s like oh yeah yeah you're talking about your Rochelle Pharrell's, you got mm. your... Well, people had to sing. Right. Like, you had you to know, actually be able to Right, sing. you got your Phyllis Hyman's, you got all of these people where she could have slid right into yeah, it. Yeah, see, but with those names you just mentioned, you're talking about older women. Right. That's right. true. Who, even them, were finding... They were starting to be edged out in yeah. 92, That's 93. true. But, but also, really we got to remember, young. at that time, Mariah was using her real voice at that time, too. That would have fallen in that same category. True. but And uh, then Monica came in. And Monica could... We could argue right. Monica would have had that same sound. But luckily, Brandy came in and... It had to. She had to compete with her yeah. to be more pop and yeah, less right. like classic R and B. Right, 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 right. That's true. That's mm. true. Monica Calhoun, one of my personal Ugh, favorites. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, a very underrated actress. Oh, mm-hmm. love, you know, I I think Monica Calhoun is one of the great tragedies of the nineties. Yeah, like she should have been huge, but it was just too much traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like between Sanaa Lathan and Nia Long, she never had a shot. Yeah. I did not know that she was born in Philadelphia. I could see that. Though. Monica Calhoun. Yeah, Monica Calhoun. Too, I had no she idea. Could be a she was girl. born in Philadelphia, but then they moved out to uh, Los Angeles okay. when mm. she was young. So, you know, they made a wrong move. I do have to say this <laughs> about the religiosity of this film. 
Cheryl Lee Ralph being so adamantly against her singing in the choir has never, ever made sense to me. So that is a classic trope, though, isn't it? Yeah, but not singing in the choir. Like, I've never in my life heard of but, black But her whole thing wasn't the singing in the choir. It was the singing right, at all. Right, just singing at all. But everybody gets a pass to sing in church. She but thought she that it, she felt right. Exactly. Right. She wasn't at church. And then she also looked at it as being a gateway. Right. She ta- she talked about it being a gateway to her basically not having anything. Not having she's, any, right. She's like, if, if I if I like acquiesce, exactly. Like if I acquiesce on letting you sing on the, in the choir, then you're going to want to start a group like mm-hmm. like the way that she was setting it up was like. This is a gateway. Mm-hmm. Like my allowing you or or sort of entertaining mm-hmm. your doing this will make you think that I'm okay with this and then will make you think that I was okay with all the decisions that your father made, which absolutely not. That's a good read. Here's my read. She was a devil worshiper. That could be true too, but I don't I don't know. Black women in the devil, I don't know. It I think she was a devil worshiper. Feels weird. I think she was a devil weird. worshiper. She was anti-Jesus. I don't. That's my read. I'm not gonna. I don't know if she was anti-Jesus. I kind of feel your read on it, Charmel. Where it feels false, though, Mm -hmm. is that is when Sister Mary Clarence, for whom, for all she knows, is an actual nun, yeah, right, comes to see her, yes, Mm -hmm. and says she has a gift, and she has it when the, the. I mean, you might. Turn your back on. But you're saying this about a black woman, no, a I black am. mom who I, worships the devil. <laughs> I'm not I'm saying, saying that I'm, she worships I'm the saying, devil. I'm saying this because you might, because as the mother, I I see you know, you know, you've seen this story before, mm-hmm. right? You know, in your husband and probably in a bunch of your girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And hell, let's let's face it, the mom was doing hair, so let's not think that she probably didn't have a tale or two of her own. Oh, sure. In the past, she you know was that doing the, hair in, in her, her kitchen, in, in her, her house, house. Right. exactly. Right. This was not kitchen a, beautician. Yes, a, a kitchen beautician. She was not a licensed exactly. Yeah. You know, so so I I see her maybe. Feeling that maybe there's somebody filling her daughter's head, uh, head oh, yeah. up, you right. know, her daughter's got a pie in the sky and everything like that. And if somebody, and even if the person that comes to the door is the teacher, you know, that still is just a teacher. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that teacher is just thinking about themselves and what mm-hmm. is, what is their teacher going to get out of this? You know right. what I'm saying? But a nun, but a nun shows coming up. to your door, and yes, it is a black woman. Well, it's a black nun mom, that comes to your door. See, when I see that scene, like, I only think of my mom, right? And mm-hmm. I think about, like... Your mom has shut the door once, of many a nun. My mom told me that if I opened if I opened the door while she was gone, she didn't care if Jesus Christ himself was outside of that door, that I better not open it. Okay. Right? So, the, the thought is, once she says no, that's it. That's it. And, it. and it doesn't matter who actually it pisses her off more if someone now tries to come to her and try to overturn that. No, especially if it's a nun. My mom doesn't give a damn. I'm pretty sure my mom would cuss out a nun. Like if, if it really does t- your mom worship. The I'm about to say I <laughs> she think loves Jesus, but loves Jesus, <laughs> but she will she'll cuss out one of his messengers. Cuss out one of his messengers. Mm-hmm. I've decided Shirley Ralph was a devil worshiper. How do you think she stayed so young? 
Yeah. She looks amazing. Uh, yeah, I think she's 64 in this movie. Man. <laughs> she's about 90 now, I, so that seems about I'm right. Try, I'm trying not to go down the Shirley Ralph road. But she's, yeah. oh my God. Shirley Ralph. <laughs> She looks so, impeccable. To, just to co-sign with you, Vince, that, that always kind of bothered me. Her, her staunchness. I also wrote in my notes that she was from the same town as the Footloose people. <laughs> like, I thought like... she was from the Footloose town. Like, <laughs> we, don't dancing, this. we don't like all that singing and dancing. No gyrating. Right. Yeah. Wipe that color off of you, girl. Needed Kevin Bacon to come in there with the bobble and say it's time to live in a time dance and a time to dance. Remember, because Kevin Bacon said, and a time to dance. And then he closed the Bible. I said, oh, he got him with the Bible. I mean, maybe. I don't know. And a time to dance. So we've talked about Cheryl Lee Ralph. We've talked about Whoopi Goldberg. Let's talk about the other, um, the last point of the triangle of Sister Act 2. And that would be Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Because this film is the... The awakening, of yeah. Lauren Hill. Oh, this yeah. is a lot of people's introduction to Lauren Hill, yeah, and to to the triple threat that Lauren Hill is. I'm not saying she's the greatest actress in here, but she's not bad. She's right. not bad. She's not bad. She holds she, her own. She gets mm-hmm. to show her flow with Shirley Ralph and Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, she gets she gets a rhyme on on the rooftops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, she did, and she can hold a, hold a note. Oh, Lord. pretty darn well. Yeah. Um. So. You, when you see this film, you, a star is born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For all, for all intents and purposes, this is Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For all intents and purposes, this is to a, to a degree, Eddie Murphy in 48 Hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when City High started percolating and the word was it was some kids from sister actors i rem- i distinctly remember mm-hmm. thinking oh well i hope that one girl is in there oh, okay yeah like right. you know because all i like like lauren hill was who i remembered mm-hmm. yeah and you know i mean yes i always i always wanted lauren hill to act more i always want lauren hill to just i mean you know i always want her to I'm just sure, be more i was about to say i'm sure you've yeah. never heard this before i just wanted lauren hill to do more yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. And and I think there are few stories, you know, uh, entertainment stories mm-hmm. that may be as frustrating. As frust- yeah, yeah, that's the word. It's yeah, frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Because there because you watch this film and you're like, where did it go wrong? Yeah. What happened? And the bad thing is I always feel sad for people who go to see her now. Yeah. Because I actually saw her. Like, like at actually, the height. I saw her during the, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill tour mm-hmm. when yeah. she opened and she sang His Eyes Are on the Sparrow. Yeah. And I feel bad that, you know. People don't get that, yeah, because it's it. She really is this this remarkable talent, yeah, and she hasn't done she hasn't done what we wanted her to do with the talent. Yeah, the thing with her is like she kind of pulled like like this weird combination of like uh, 
I don't know, like Lisa Bonet and like India Irie. Hmm. Like it's like this, like they're they're sort of like downslopes. Like her story is kind of like a combination of those things where you're just like, oh, this person that's like clearly very talented and this person that clearly has everything going for them and has like all this access to all of these people. But when you look at like the repertoire of work, you're just kind of like, yeah. Why don't these things match up? Like, why? Like, you know, it was this whole kind of like, as far as like how it relates to Lisa Bonet, like this whole thing about like her baby's fathers and all of that, and like some weird stories that went along yeah. with that. But then also, like in the India Ari kind of category, like her money was kind of funny, and you know the way that she's performing or the things that she's trying to look into as far as performing, just people aren't wanting. And it's, it's not that like everything is a letdown after the miseducation, right? Right. Yes. Unless we're talking about the Fugees, which I hold that as like a, a, a kind of separate thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the Fugees is a little bit different, especially under like Wyclef. So I kind of see that as being like his charge and she was a part and of it. And it's before her. So right. Like, exactly. You know. Exactly. So for me, I'm like the miseducation is everything. Like it is like, Pretty much every song on that album, except it, for two it songs, really is track to track to track. Right, to track. was was a single. Like yeah. that does not happen now. Yeah. Right. I think I think the most recently that 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 has happened was Beyonce B Day. Yeah, yeah. Was the last time where yeah. we really got someone that kind of pumped out these tracks, and I think for that album, like for Beyonce, maybe all but three songs were released. Right. Or maybe maybe two even and the amount of grammys on your first album your ep you took home five grammys or something like that yeah what like that that doesn't happen anymore maybe maybe sizzle will do it but that doesn't happen anymore and like it it just is really disappointing like beyond being frustrating it's disappointing because i wanted more lauren hill i needed more lauren hill as formable and great as like Janet Jackson was and everything like that. I needed these other women to come in like Erica Badu, like Lauren Hill to show me an alternative way of what could be cool as a young black woman. And yeah, and they seem more accessible. Right. Like yeah. they seem like regular people like yes. Janet. Yeah. Of course we get someone like Beyonce coming in, you know? Right. But my thought is like would we have gotten someone like SZA sooner? Mhm. Mhm. I don't know. Like, we, we can't really say that. But, you know, maybe would Solange have taken off a little bit more and taken hold a little bit better right. if we had more of an influence of Lauren Hill originally? Yeah, right, right. If you had if you had her, you know, steadily there. Right. Her presence there. Right. Even, even if we're talking about her doing, like, alternative things. Yeah. Great, fine. But be accessible, be there. And exactly. it, it just, it just wasn't. And, and, and I think. And do the work. Exactly. And I think part of people's like disappointment with her is that we know that when you go to make a list of the most or the best albums ever, if your list does not include the miseducation of Lauryn Hill, it is lacking. Yeah. Like that work is genius. Like it is a genius work. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, you get away like you. 
you give the excuse, you allow, you make allowances mm-hmm. for for genius when you can see it being exercised. Exactly. So you make allowances for the the idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. of right. that. Genius. I think people have done exactly. that for like twenty years I'm, with her. I mean, I think yes. it's a testament to to the effect Lauren Hill, like Lauren Hill. I mean, she has this one album. Right. You, you know, it's it's like, I, I know I personally, you know, I say all the time, you know, you eat the meat and leave the bone. And the surgery that I've done on the Lauryn Hill Unplugged album, mm-hmm. trying to find something good in there is is ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Like how much you have to leave on the side and yeah. find like the two, three songs. And, you know, she had that, you know, that great um, Nina Simone covers album mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, from the the documentary. Yeah, but right. it's it's the you know the material you know like you said the idiosyncrasies are just the foolishness. Mm-hmm. It is you know like yeah. Erica Badu. Like I love Erica Badu because Erica Badu has gone. You know, Erica Badu is very Erica Baduy. Mm-hmm. But Erica Badu straight has like ten albums. Does the right. work? So it's like well you know you got ten albums you can talk. Peace and blessings and light candles and poor libations and drinks. Plus, because and- of those 10 albums, like she just remixes the same songs off of the first two albums. I mean, you know. Yes. Oh, I don't know if that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Every album after the first two, no. she has taken one song from her previous first two albums from Mama's Gun or um, uh, Baduism or what's the other one? The tree one. She has taken a song from any one of those and has bought it back in the next album and has remixed it somehow. Refunded it out, yeah. Absolutely. To her credit. It's wonderful. It's like, I'm not mad at it. Okay. But she, she absolutely it. does that. Maybe reimagines it. Maybe I don't like remix. <laughs> okay, we, she reimagines All right. All right. Is that, is that better? About because, to because Lauren, I mean... No, we're not coming at her. I'm not coming at her. We're not coming at her. I'm just saying, like, coming at her. Even, even. What I'm saying is, like, even in that respect, like, Lauren Hill could have done that, and we still would have been like, all right, like, it's fine. Like, the thing is this, and what bought Lauren back to everyone's like want is wanting to redo that terrible, terrible Nina Simone movie with, um, Uh, what's her face? uh, In blackface? Yeah, her. Because everyone was like, oh my God, if there's anyone that should play Nina Simone, Lauren Hill has to be at least one of the top three people on that list. Yeah. Off, strictly, strictly off of the one song that she did on the Unplugged album and the miseducation of Lauren Hill and the fact that she was in Sister Act. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Everyone was like, please, God, please. And it just didn't happen. Why? Because Lauren Hill can't show up for stuff one time. Um, um, my wife actually teases me about this relentlessly. I, I still, I, I, I still have a candle in the window. Yeah, for Lauren. Hill. I know you're waiting for Lauren Hill. You're waiting for Tiger Woods to win another tournament. Oh you're no, I'm not for waiting Eddie for Eddie Murphy Tiger to return to the comedy yeah, stage. Yeah. Well, I'm not waiting for Tiger. The Woods. last one could happen. Eddie Murphy is not coming back. Hmm. He, he should. Well, let's put it this way. Well, Eddie, if you're listening, don't come back. The difference between Eddie Murphy and Lauren Hill is that Eddie Murphy. Part of the reason that he doesn't have to come back is he did the work. He has he has a body of work. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just want more from Eddie Murphy. But for Lauren Hill, like, you just get the sense 
that there's so much that she didn't. But do. she's got some stiff competition now. Oh, she's got big competition. Like well, because I would argue I'd rather see Michaela Cole as Nina Simone. Oh, I'm not talking about as Nina Simone. I mean just making in general, music. Yeah. You know, just well. in general. Like I think Lauren Hill is I mean, obviously, because she has one album, but Lauren Hill is part of this very distinct group of people that if they come out, like I call it the Sade group, frankly, Mm. like I'm not going to make an album for 10 years. But if I tour, my tour sells out. Right. You know, Maxwell, Sade, D'Angelo, like these people that I don't have to make any more music. Mm -hmm. I can just keep performing stevie wonder stevie wonder but all of those people i named except for lauren hill actually have a body of work like the fact that she has this one album and and people would pay money to watch her perform i would pay money to watch her perform that album if she could show up on time yeah and it's just it's 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 just heartbreaking as someone who loves music and loves art and you know, loves all of this. And, you know, as we've said, this is the beginning. This is the beginning right here where anyone who saw this said, whoa, mm-hmm. who's she? Yeah. So, same. So, so, um, uh, just one quick thing before we go. I agree with you also that Sister Act, Sister Act 2, I don't consider black films, but Charmel does, and that's all that counts. And I'm, <laughs> I and I'm glad consider you consider number two as a black film only because there are more black people in it. Like, <laughs> we got to remember when this movie took place. Like, we didn't have the numbers. This was this was this was pre like that that ushering in that soul food brought us for that like four year kind of spate where we had a lot of black movies. How good they were. <laughs> But there were a lot of them, right? right like, this right, was right. this was before that. Like, okay. I mean, I'm with you. We're gonna go along with you on this. Okay. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. So I take it that you would recommend that people watch Sister Act and Sister Act Two. Yeah, like if you just even want... though you said that they don't need to see Sister Act, they, all they need they don't. is Sister Act Two. They don't have to see them in succession. They don't build on each other. I think the first ten minutes of Sister Act Two are so heartwarming if you've just gone through Sister Act. They're yeah. that much more heartwarming. Like, yeah. like, like I actually, because, you know, I actually watched them back mm-hmm. to back. And and that scene where um, Maggie Smith walks in yeah. and hugs her yeah. actually warmed my heart. Yeah. yeah. And, you, and it, it doesn't resonate as strongly if you haven't seen Sister right. Act. That's true. Right. Also, just a fun fact. And Irma had to turn like and, and you don't know that's a callback to Irma has to turn like, Alma. Oh, Alma. Alma yeah she to has to turn on the pack check your battery yeah. check your battery yeah, check the pack um, Alma's not dead <laughs> half of that majority of that class is dead now just want to bring that down sorry sorry and now we're back to Stevie Wonder <laughs> but in Some in the second movie <laughs> boy I don't I'm even sorry. know the song. Okay. I don't know. But in the second movie, uh, the backup singer, if you're watching it, Jennifer Lewis is yes. also in this movie. Yes. yes. She's in the she's Fierce. a backup singer. Yes. 
and she has no lines in Sister Act two. N- not in Sister Act two, but, but definitely there. in Sister Act one. Uh, but if you're watching it, the singer that is to the left of her mm-hmm. actually is in the first episode of maybe it's not the first episode, but she's in an, in the f- second season of a different world in the episode with Gladys Knight and her Whitley and Jaleesa try to form a trio to yep. go and become backup singers for Gladys's special appearance that she's going to do. They all don't work together. And this girl drops Whitley and Jaleesa, and she gets the job with two guys. Wow. Yeah. Now, how deep do you want to go with that actress? Like, how deep do you really want to go with that actress? I don't even remember her name. I don't remember her first name, but I'll tell you what her last name is. Okay. Her last name is Brown. Okay. You know why I know that? No. Because her father is Johnny Brown. Do you know who Johnny Brown is? Anybody? Anybody? Bookman from Good Times. Holy shit. Here's why it's important she's related to Bookman. Back to Good Times, she played a character named Fun Girl on the episode of Good Times. Oh, wow. The CB episode. Linda, you remember the CB episode? Yes. Because she was, she was, what are we saying now? Differently abled? Yes. And, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Work. I do remember that and, episode. And she was talking on the CB with Michael. Yeah. Also... The last part of her, because I love her. I love yeah. her, and I'm going to tell you why. She, she's married to, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Billy Blanks Jr. Tybo Billy Blanks? Tybo Billy Blanks' son. <laughs> she's married to him. Wow. Well, that's a shame. Is it? Billy Blanks made a lot of money in like three years. The two of them actually had some type of exercise program that I used to know the name of because the fact that there was like this D-level black Hollywood intermarrying was a thing tickled me to no end (laughs) like 15 years ago like the fact that Johnny Brown the fact that fun girl was married to Billy Blanks Jr. right made me so happy that's amazing. And she was actually really talented, too, by oh, the way. Oh, she can sing. Like, I mean, that episode of Different yeah, World. Yeah, she can really sing. Really proves it. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we come to the end of a, another episode of the Michaud Mission. We uh, stand here uh, enthusiastically <laughs> recommending that you go out and see Sister Act as well as Sister Act to Absolutely. in whatever order you choose. And of course you've seen it because everyone's seen Sister Act. Mm-hmm. Like, is there anyone who hasn't seen the Sister Act films? I actually, in watching this film, realized that I had not seen Sister Act 2. I had seen so many scenes oh, from Sister Act 2. Because I've seen like the, the ending right, 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 so, yeah. so thousand many times right, right, right. that I just assumed I had seen it. But you hadn't. I hadn't actually ever watched the entire film. Or if I had, I totally forgot it because right, it was right. all new to me. Right. Sure. I was like, she wears a colored sweater. Yep, I've seen this part. Right, right, yeah. right. But um, like the beginning where I wrote a sentence I never thought I'd write in my entire life. I said, "Wow, Whoopi Goldberg is wearing that dress." <laughs> Go on, girl. Like, Whoopi hey. was a snack back in the day. I was like, "I'm like Whoopi Goldberg." She was a snack. She was. Charmel, thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. This was so much fun. It was. It was great to see this on a tech. 
Because <laughs> there's no way we would have watched this. So. No, yeah. no, it's not. So if anybody wants to get in contact with you, Charmel, how uh, should they best go about doing that? The best way of doing it is probably on Twitter. Uh, you know, I'm on Twitter these days doing my best. Uh, so excuse the ratchetness and the politics. It's just there. But uh, you can find me at the mean black girl, a uh, girl spelled G-R-L. Twitter made me drop the I. So, yeah. Nice. And your podcast, blackandsyndicated.com, yes. is where they can check out your reviews of the first season of Different World. Correct. And she's going to be reviewing more. I think she's actually going to be going into Living Single down the line somewhere. Nice. Yes. Somewhere. Yeah. So that would be very cool. I will gladly come and, and rewatch anything with Erica Alexander. Who um, wouldn't? In her uh, mini skirts aplenty. <laughs> oh, my God. I had such a crush on her. Oh, my God. Oh, she so, also still looks great. She looks fantastic. She's a very cool person. She's Desert Rose Tribble in the Tribble Nation. Nice. Nice. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we are going to continue down this road. Yes. To 100. Yes. And uh, I think the next film is yours. It Vince. is. It is. And you granted me a gift with half plenty. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now I shall grant you a gift. Oh, boy. And the way that you grant gifts is you give someone a better gift than they gave you. <laughs> I gave you the movie that you always said you, you were this did. close. And now I'm going to give you a better gift, a movie that you have talked about on numerous times. And I've been waiting for you to choose it. And we certainly should do this okay. before 100. All right. So that when people look at our first 100 episodes, they can say that when we talk about 100 iconic black movies, certainly you should have covered Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, Neil Long, and Debo. Yes. Next week on the Michelle Mission, we will discuss how, in fact, Craig did get fired on his day <laughs> off. When we talk about Friday. Classic. One of my Lottie and I Top five favorite movies. It's I know. so quotable. All time. I know. Merry Christmas. Thank and you. And a happy Vince. new year. <laughs> Thank you, Vince. Happy Kwanzaa Tom. <laughs> Thank you, Vince. Whoo, it's gonna be so much fun. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, Friday next week here on the Michelle Mission, um, which you can listen to, hey, where you found it, on MichelleMission.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and any place and every place that good podcasts be. If you want to help a podcast out, please, first, support black podcasts, such as the Michelle Mission, such as Black and Syndicated, and two, Go on Apple Podcasts because that's really where it matters in the podcast game Mm -hmm. and leave us a ranking, a rating, uh, and even more, a nice little review because that helps people find the show. You do not know how much that really does help people find the show. The more reviews we have, the more people that will find the show. We've been straddling at 18 for a little bit. Let's see if we can't get up to 25 reviews by yeah. next week. You know? That would be pretty nice. That's a nice number. That's a nice number. That that, that would be a, your your Christmas present to us, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate it. You know? And go tell a friend. Go tell a friend to get down on the mission. All right. 
For Charmel Scipio. Yay. And for Vince, I'm Len. In parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>